Hello. Hola. Hello. It's Des. She just put her dentures in. What? It's Jessica. Oh, I'm Helika. <laughs> Desert was hello motioning at me with her hands, and I yeah, because I was trying to tell you to speak into the mic about your name. Oh yeah. Well, did you say your name? Yes, oh, I okay. said it's Des. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Welcome. We do love each other, just so you know. <laughs> Oh my god. Remember, make sure if you want to laugh and the laugh to be captured, like all three of us, to mm-hmm. put your. I know it's awkward. It is awkward. Yeah, because I feel like I open my mouth big, so this is weird. Well, I don't open my mouth big, but I don't want you to like edit this and it sounds like screeching or something. No, I edit it. Helica, oh, it always sounds like that. <laughs> Helica, there's so much audio production that I can do. Anyways, I make it because sometimes we do laugh and. Mm-hmm um the audio does get really like high and like if a regular headphone like their, your ear would be blown out yeah but basically I, we should be paying her to edit our episodes yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of work goes yeah. into them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyways um welcome back to another episode of salvican sisters uh it's uh what's the date the 7th of january 2021 it's the new year Mm-hmm. Gregorian calendar. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into what we want to talk about today, I just felt like it's necessary to bring up the actions that happened yesterday at the Capitol. Mm. Yeah. Um, what do you guys want to say anything about it? The mayo pack is really wild and out. Okay, that's all. that's all. That's but all. I missed it. So you gotta say it again. I can't really. The mayo packets are really wild and out. Like, <laughs> that's it. That's yeah. the only. Okay, yeah, that's... That we've reached the roast meter. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that's it. That's all I'm gonna say right now. Yeah. Desert, do you want to say anything? Uh, yeah, it was really, really crazy. I I definitely had a lot of like, flashbacks. Like, I am so glad I am no longer in the military. I'll just say that right now. I'm I'm so glad, I'm no longer in the military because. <sighs> navigating the military thinking and feeling the way that I do is nuts. So of course you encounter a lot of people who are very much for protocol and protocol does not align with what how I feel or how I think. And I mean, of course that makes sense that that's how it is by design. But yeah, I'm just so thankful to be home to be safe and i just feel for all the people who had to ex- who who experienced that nearby all the little kids it's a lot yeah it is a lot very coddled i feel like who's coddled those people who what people those people who were uh the trump supporters are they were they trump supporters honestly wasn't really paying attention to my i just saw a bunch of trump supporters yeah they were wearing like the trump gear so it definitely falls into line with like the trump supporter starter pack i think it's important that when people talk about issues of racial injustice and acts of terrorism and things like that that um or i feel like in any domain honestly that language is so important and so when we talk about what happened yesterday um it was an act of domestic terrorism and they're a group of extremists yeah they are yeah yeah i agree with that but i feel like they weren't treated like that while they were there at least from what i could see i don't know like, again i wasn't really paying attention yeah it's just we don't want to i I, mean, I don't know i don't want to label them trump supporters because this it kind of paints the picture as like oh these groups of people you know are here because of trump mm. yeah but this uh this has been here since the creation of the united states yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah no it's true 
Anyways, yesterday what happened was fucked up. Um, yeah, I totally like blocked that out of my memory when you were saying like, first let's like acknowledge what happened yesterday. It's like, what happened yesterday? It's like, oh yeah, that's right. That happened. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot I could say, but I don't want to. Um, I just want to make. I just wanted us to acknowledge it. Yeah, I think that's important too because I don't. I don't want it to be something that you know like as if it doesn't impact us or something you know what i mean because mm-hmm. there's many times especially growing up where i felt like i learned to like try to be like a turtle in the sense that like let the water run off my back because like there's only so much mm-hmm. so i think this is one of those things where it's like you know you, you have you have your moments and then gotta regroup was it like trying to like reparent yourself? I guess. I mean, I think it goes deeper than reparenting. A lot of what well, we're trying to, yeah, like you said, unlearn how we've previously reacted when things like this happen. Yeah. Meaning things that are, you know, traumatic or difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I hope people are you know doing what they need to do and it's okay if you weren't productive because you're more than your labor okay next topic because (laughs) we made a really song yeah i was like oh you gotta shake that one off or don't if you you know pause it and go take a bath if you need to i feel that but also we gotta we gotta move on because i already i already had my spa moments (laughs) Okay. Do you want to do you want to provide a context as because this is brought on by something you shared with us? Oh yes, I went on my IG, my IG stories, and I went on there because I was sharing about the appointment that I had set up for healthy eating and. I just feel so different, like all the time. And the healthy eating seminar thing just kind of like really brought that out, brought that feeling out. And yeah, I just had to share with uh, on my Instagram because I just, I know I can't be the only one that feels like, like, this is all just, <laughs> this is all just like, this doesn't speak to me. You know, everything that they're talking about, about what's, what it is to eat healthy. Like, I just feel like it's just so rough. So mind you guys, I have a uh, veteran health insurance. So this is how I get my health and wellness stuff for me. For the rest of her life. For the rest of my life. I mean, if I if I end up getting another job, who who even knows, right? We're anyways. Uh but yeah, for right now that's how it stands. Like for the rest of my life I'll be receiving veteran health insurance. So this is the system that I have to work with and navigate. And so I I have been doing my best to take advantage of everything that the veteran health insurance covers because I value my health and my wellness. But upon doing so, like I I just feel like I'm met with just like different trains of thought. And it almost, and the way I shared it on Instagram, you know, I have like a smiling face with like a tear on it and it's like sarcastic. Like, why did I even bother? Cause it's like, I knew, like I knew this is what, how it was going to be. Like I was in the air force for four years, but you know, I, of course I tried, you know, cuz I I want you know, I want to be better. Who doesn't want to be better? Who doesn't or at least, you know, I do. I want to be better. And there's and I know that there's resources out there, and that's the resources the that's the resource most readily readily available to me because it's my health insurance. So, yeah, you know, the whole time she's talking about different ways to be healthy and none of them are things that speak to my ancestral roots 
to my soul. So yeah, if uh, any of you else feel like that out there, please share with me. If and also therapy too. If you guys know like if you guys if you guys have experience good therapists in the Air Force, I would love to hear about that because that's another struggle that I'm encountering as well. So, do you want to go deeper into Oh yeah, the food. Well, I mean, what is what did this meeting bring up in you? Well, yeah, like I just felt alienated cuz it's not talking about things that I feel like I had to navigate growing up about food. Like like the food that I was eating was like either weird or like different or unhealthy or but it was so good though. It was good. <laughs> and then and then you know like people would be jealous of the kids like eating McDonald's. Like we didn't we didn't get that. Like we were, you know, eating whatever like mommy had made for us. Mm-hmm. There's just like this thing to like assimilate and that pressure is like definitely like on full force when you're a kid and you get made fun of for eating different things. But the, but the worst part is, is like those different things are good and they're there's they're like your favorite things. Yeah. I used to eat mustard packets when I was a kid. <laughs> like just full on just I take the mustard and open it and that's what I would eat because I didn't like the. What was it? I don't even know what it was. It was like the cafeteria food. Can't relate. She took it to a place <laughs> that you were like, that's not what I was talking. about. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> she went astral plane. That's okay. Yeah, it's rough. And then let let like not even talk about like reduced lunch. Hello. Who yeah. is in reduced lunch? Say hey. Hey. That's right. I mean Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a whole nother thing too. And like the kids who were on reduced lunch before this pandemic, like I don't know what that looks like f- for them now, you know. I think they they're giving out lunches still, like but you have to go to the school and get it. Mm. And they would do it in the summer too, like they would even before the pandemic they would give out free lunches from oh, the school. Okay. I think it'd be like every other day though. It depends where you live. Yeah. What about now for the pandemic though? Again, it depends where you live. Oh, that's crazy. I know that they're trying. The state is trying to give money to families. Especially immigrant families, like the child, the child is a U.S. citizen, mm-hmm. but the parents are not. Um, so then the child can qualify for more money for food stamps or stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but then when it comes to like people who are, yeah. So just uh, yeah, the food thing is tricky because like we were also raised here too, you know. So there's a lot of things that we know that maybe. Not that we know, but like I know that there's a lot of things that our parents or grandparents know that we don't know. And then even like I still, you know, like I'm curious. What do you mean? Yeah, I was. I was I got well, just like even like when we're watching like shows on YouTube or whatever, mommy will be like, oh, look at that. Like they have that in El Salvador. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, I can see what you mean. Like, that's so cool. I want to try. And that makes you sad? A little bit, yeah. What, that you don't know how to do it? Or just that it was like... That there... That is something that I desire. And it's not something that's like... Readily accessible to me. Which is fine. And that's fair. But then it also... It also just makes me think about like... There's like... Like, I'm lucky that we even got to go there at all to visit El Salvador. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, you know, people who are from there who can't ever visit or... Or can't go back. Yeah. So do you feel conflicted about feeling guilty? A little bit, yeah. We're all really quiet because food is very complicated for us. <laughs> yeah. Food is our, is a deep history for us. Our parents used to have a food truck back in L.A., Oh yeah, and our grandma has a food truck, and our uncle has a food truck as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, check it out, Home Depot and West Modesto, and Carpenter, mm-hmm. La Conquistadora. Yeah, that's right. 
There's a picture of Desiree and Jessica standing in front of a lunch truck that says Jessica and Desiree. <laughs> and I think that was mommy's lunch truck, right? Yeah, that was like way back in the day. Oh, yeah, that doesn't exist anymore, but it was a thing. Yeah, so food is pretty, pretty close to our heart. Yeah, but it's tough. And I think it also ta- it also goes into like diet culture, too. Yeah, that too. You know, where mm-hmm. it's just like. And, as, and that's how I kind of think about it, too. Like, you know, like what's considered healthy and what's not. And that means so many different things to different people. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the the thing that I felt, you know, just like I just couldn't help but feel like this is just so basic for me. That's how I felt. What was basic? Basic as in like, like this isn't this isn't what I ate growing up. This is like what you're telling me I should eat because you're telling me that this is what's healthy. Oh, yeah. And you didn't feel like saying something? I mean, I did. I told her when she had asked, she had asked, uh, she was asking questions throughout the thing, which I appreciated, which was cool because she was inviting engagement. And that's when I chimed in and I was she asked if uh, we were familiar with the nutrition facts and I told and if we knew like how to read them. And I told her uh, that I came from an immigrant family. So we just had whatever was readily available to us. So a lot of the stuff for the nutrition facts, like I learned like about serving size, like on my own and like all of that information was like on my own. And she kind of stumbled because I don't think she was prepared. It felt like it felt like she wasn't prepared. For what? Respond to that. Hmm. But she she did. She didn't. I don't know what I was expecting. Why did you go there in the first place? You don't have to disclose personal health information if you don't want to. But because uh, I'm trying to take advantage of everything that is offered to me through my veteran health insurance. Hmm. It's kind of like a benefit of the doubt. So you're just trying to check it out. Yeah. You don't have another motive. Uh, I mean, yeah, I do think there's definitely some uh, ulterior motives for sure. And I think that's built up over, over the whole time I've served. So what are those other motives? Just like, I knew this was a joke. That's the feeling that I have. But what are your other motives for wanting to go see this dietitian? Oh, yeah. The other motives are like, I I have this, uh, I have this desire to constantly want to be thin or lose weight. Hmm. How does that feel saying that out loud? Um, sad. Yeah. Yeah, because I know that a lot of people feel like that. But what about you? Yeah, I felt like that my whole life. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people can relate to that. I think it's largely connected to how we feel about our bodies. I don't know. It hurts to to know this. To know what? Well, because because you're right. It is something that um, affects a lot of people and how they feel about themselves and how they're confronted with it every time they get a plate of food or you know they go to the doctors and you know they're asked about their habits or something like that. And I just think it's, I don't know, I just, I wouldn't want it to be, I don't want it to be that way for people. Like, I don't want, I don't want people to have to feel like they're uncomfortable. Not uncomfortable, because I don't think anybody, I don't know, but just not feel like they're, just to feel like they're enough, like the way they are. But, you know, getting to that point, getting to that point is so hard. Like, outside forces make it so hard to get to that point and even when you are to that point you have to keep reminding yourself of it because there's like reminders of it everywhere you go yeah yeah i think i think for me it's 
like this is my relationship with food, you know, and mm-hmm. my relationship with this healthy eating seminar or class or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like this is my perspective of how I interacted with it. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's all of that for me. I feel like your experience kind of highlights a dynamic that I think many people who exist within a marginalized identity feel, right? Yeah, like, okay, you need to be, you need to look this way because you need to be fuck worthy or I don't know, like just so many different messages on how your body should look a certain way for whatever reason, but also you can't like, there's also the messages of like what is considered healthy. Yeah. So you feel like you can never win? Of course. Yeah, I don't I don't know what to say. I mean, I could say so many things. I just don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. We'll just start with the first one. I don't know, man, because I think about so many things and how... It can really feel like uh, when someone is uh, willing to face that this kind of dynamic within themselves, if they feel like it exists or if they have this, you know, kind of discussion within their own head, it can feel like you can't overcome it. And it feels really scary. It feels really scary to just eat whatever you want. And uh, not worry about the social acceptability of or the consequences of you maybe eating, you eating and then you happen to get fat, Mm -hmm. you know? Of course, there are health consequences if you eat or maybe you develop, I don't know, some sort of chronic disease or something like that and you have to adjust your diet because you have like diabetes or high blood pressure and you can't eat so much of, you know, this or that. But if you're just someone who doesn't have any of those conditions yet, it's uh, it can just feel really impossible to do that. And even if someone does get, you know, diagnosed with, you know, a chronic disease or something like that where it requires them to adjust their diet, people, some people still have a hard time, you know, following the prescribed diet. I feel like I'm taking this in a direction I don't want to, but I don't know. My head's in a thousand different places. I'll add that when I was going to school, I found, I took a nutrition class and I loved it. I was trying to be a nurse, a registered nurse, all for the wrong reasons. And when I found this nutrition class, I was like, oh my God, I totally want to do this or study this and I did and I found out that I could then become a registered dietitian but throughout my experience of learning all that knowledge and my own experiences I see within my family and within myself when it comes to food and my relationship to food my body and how the medical system views food and all that stuff like in comparison to my culture, uh, it was kind of like, uh, I feel like it created sort of like a dissonance within me that then I think kind of grew in me being disconnected from my own body. And I think I kind of developed an unhealthy relationship to food a little bit, maybe. I don't know. I was also working and doing I was doing a lot of shit. I don't know how I survived. I think I was, I lost like all my muscle weight from soccer. I was super skinny. Um, skinny legend. <laughs> and, uh, but what I'm trying to get at is when I was going to school and studying this, I thought about how, yeah, like why it, we were talking so much about what was considered healthy or what we would recommend patients, you know, to eat. And it was a lot of like milk, flour, like uh, things that are honestly subsidized by the government, like crops that are subsidized by the government Mm -hmm. and 
they're easily accessible and they're highly processed not that highly processed is bad but you know like american cheese which is highly processed <laughs> cheese <laughs> yeah and uh i often felt like well where are beans in this or you know why can't we it's not that we couldn't recommend other foods that are more relevant to their cultures just you know that kind of education wasn't being taught in the curriculum nor was it being showcased like oh this could you know this is what uh a wholesome meal looks like from this culture or mm-hmm. stuff like that um and i just had so many other like feelings after i graduated about food and stuff because i felt like when it comes to women like we have that other layer of i mean men too right but the, i think the pressure is a lot higher for women to have our bodies shaped in a certain way Mm -hmm. which in dominant culture is very much told to us by the way you do that is through eat eating and exercise but for women it's like marketed as oh eating is something that's more accessible for women than exercise whereas for men it's usually you know exercise more and not really care so much about what you eat or whatever anyway so so there's that added pressure when you're a woman and then but then i thought about well what about women of color you know like because when i think about like eating disorders and i was going to school like it's often seen as like white women who look really skinny like they look sick uh but that was kind of it and when i I I was able to find a resource that was actually really helpful and it's an eating disorder awareness organization. It's on Instagram. I don't know if they have a a webpage, but it's not Guana Positivity Pride. Oh. Oh yeah, I uh, follow her. Yeah, and uh she was talking about eating disorders within marginalized identities, women of color. And uh It was really, I was so glad that I found her account a long time ago uh, because she was talking about the, how prevalent eating disorders are among, you know, black women, brown women, especially in women that didn't look like your stereotypical person who has an eating disorder, right? Mm -hmm. You know, these women were, they could look fat and they have an eating disorder or they look normal and they have an eating disorder and and um it just brought up a lot of uh i don't know what word i'd use but i felt i didn't feel seen um but not that that's a bad thing like it's more so like i just felt like i saw like my family scene when she was talking about all that stuff and yeah she continues to talk about it um yeah because it's true, like your experience does when you go, when you went to the registered dietitian, like it can be really triggering um, for a lot of different reasons because it brings up a lot. Mm-hmm. She did. She covered diabetes and alcohol as well in her seminar, which if, you know, anybody has uh, those sort of things that run in their family or that they've encountered, like. Yeah, that's a it's a big thing. And it's and it's it's part of it. Yeah. I don't know, I feel like there's so much I could say. I'm not saying a lot. Oh, I feel like I did kinda of talk a lot, but No, you did. Um <laughs> like I'm trying to get you to shut up. No, you that you're done. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> the reason I feel like I'm just all over the place is because I'm just so passionate about this. Which is funny because I feel like when people say they're passionate, they just won't shut up. But like, <laughs> you're like, well, no, you're passionate, but like in uh, you, I. But the thing is, I know you, so I know the ping pong is going on in your head. Yeah, yeah. Off off the podcast, Jessica talks about food all the time, but in the relationship. Now that the microphone's on, it's like, where do I even start? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the web is endless, guys. Yeah, it just connects to a lot of things. 
Well, it's not just that too, right? But it's also, that's like the educational part, right? Yeah. Like when I think about, there's also the other part of like, oh, how can I be a better like coach? Because, oh God, I don't, I don't want to put this out there, but I'm going to. Do it. We believe in you. You can always edit it out. True. <laughs> but I really want to be, a, I don't like the word coach, but I don't know what other word to use. But basically just creating space for people who want to do that work i want to do it do what kind of work i mean i like a registered dietitian but not in that sense right like i i don't have an rd license and that's a whole other podcast we could that's like a school related podcast we could yeah. talk about because there's a reason why i didn't pursue that path but yeah like i want to be like a person that works with people um, people like me no, I'm serious. Yeah, like, no. I could see it in your eyes, Desert. She's like, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so like, but I think about, yeah, how can I be a better practitioner, right? You know? Because mm-hmm. there is a lot of layers to this stuff. Because yeah. it, it goes so much deeper than, oh, just eat this and you'll be fine. Like, no. no. What's really at play is um, a lot of internal shit. <laughs> yeah. A lot of internal stuff um and then when you add that you know the impacts of colonization and how it's affected you know people yeah and how they live that's why you got people trying to eat healthy at mcdonald's they're ordering a salad at mcdonald's for convenience because they don't want to be late to work well not that people are like well maybe some people some people are still having to go into work well i mean i I don't think there's anything wrong with eating salad at mcdonald's no i don't think so either but that's what i'm saying is like that's yeah that's the dynamic that it's create it's created Mm. that's part of i think that's part of colonization as well well i think number one is that the fact that hunger exists yeah and it's like you don't even have a lunch break (laughs) or people don't have food to eat (sighs) yeah like at all yeah anyway so yeah i really want to do that so i think about that and then i also want to there's another thing I don't want. I'm going to share though. Share it. I want to also make food and sell it. Because I don't think there's anything wrong with eating a burger, you know, or eating something mm-hmm. that's considered unhealthy, right? Like, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but anyway, so I want to make delicious foods that are connected to my roots for anyone that wants to eat it. Mm-hmm. And then also provide education on, you know. Yeah. Like, that goes deeper than like, oh, you just eat this. Or like, how many calories it is. Yeah, no. Like, like talking about the political aspects of uh-huh. why such foods are more prevalent than others mm-hmm. and what drove that. And, yeah. And all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's so cool. I want to go to a restaurant like that. Anyways. Or like the indigenous indigenous names of the foods yeah that's something that i'm learning about too and i want to learn about more so and learn about what uh indigenous people's relationship to food is right Mm -hmm. which i feel like is not very complicated but uh because i've inherited a lot of uh ideas of how my relationship to the world is are kind of fucked up like i'm trying to unlearn that you know yeah and so when i'm trying to unlearn that and then learn new ways of being and thinking mm. that i feel like aren't that hard but it just feels hard yeah it does feel hard because it's it's almost like a for me it feels like a robotic thing but trying to learn about trying to like unlearn things and this goes back to like food too like like when the lady asked like looking at the nutrition facts like why would why did i even feel obligated to research and teach myself how to figure out what what's a serving size i don't know jessica was the one that taught me that but things like that like why why did i feel so compelled to want to learn those things i yeah I i don't know do you have an idea why yeah i feel like it's you know just this pressure for wanting to look a certain way the marketing worked people it works (laughs) and it got me Mm, yeah like if you want to wear these clothes look at what the people look like who are wearing them how do you think you're gonna look wearing them 
I feel like this makes me think about the body positivity movement. Yeah. I think how I feel like people have uh it can be kind of a touchy subject, right? Because people yeah. feel like there's one side of there's a group of people that feel like this body positivity movement is promoting fatness and mm-hmm. unhealthiness. Right. And then there's like another group of people that are like just celebrating your body. Yeah. But like I feel like it's much deeper than that. Like yeah. this what it really is behind the concept of celebrating fatness. Yeah, it's a lot. People have an issue with it. And then we're not even talking about dudes, right? Like Yeah, that's the, like when I thought of body positivity, I thought about girls. Their guys got their own whole thing. Male balding. Oh my gosh. Guys get guys get self-conscious about that. Oh yeah, but I meant in terms of like eating disorder aspect, oh. like how I was just say, you know, like extreme, like really intense exercise and dieting, right? Like your mm. macros and Oh yeah, guys have that. All that stuff. Like I'm not saying that is bad, but that when you especially in the fitness world, right? Like bodybuilding and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like people can can fall into, you know, kind of an eating disorder. Yeah. Because you're being very meticulous about where you're putting in and out. And- but it's interesting, though, because I feel like that's almost praised. Like, wow, he's so, like, consistent. Or, like, so, I don't know. Yeah, when I, I sometimes, you whenever I go into, YouTube is so interesting. I like watching people with different illnesses, and they talk about what it's like having their illnesses. illnesses. And one of the things people talk about in disordered eating is that from their perspective is that they get proud of themselves that they can go that long without eating. Like they're proud of their accomplishment. And I think maybe for men, their muscles is a thing. Like, look at what I can accomplish with my body. Mm -hmm. Even if it's like bad for them. Well, I don't know if the muscle thing is, I mean, having muscles probably not bad, but I don't know. Men, they have to consider their mentality or their, mental state or their emotional state if it's good for their emotions or i don't know their mind but at what cost (laughs) yeah when i was in the program studying that i feel like i fell into the category of being having orthorexia which is you eat healthy but to the point that like it's uh compulsive obsessive yeah kind of obsessive obsession with healthy eating. like it, it looks like oh they're just eating healthy but like the instagram health tab <laughs> i guess i don't know um but uh yeah it looks like they're eating healthy but if you were really probably in their mind or mm-hmm. living with them like 24 7 you could see maybe maybe it wasn't so healthy but not what they're eating just their mentality and their relationship to it but um mm-hmm. yeah i felt like for me it was very much like about control right like this idea that i had control over what i could put in and out of my body and like not gain weight which even for a skinny person which i am it's like fucked up right Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's like this idea that i oh i can control what's happening but like i failed to recognize how i was denying my body food oh i see like when it was hungry like i would i felt like i didn't deserve to eat especially Mm. if i didn't like exercise or accomplish something of that day Mm. which is so sad when were you doing that when i was in school i casted away really i feel like yeah how long did it go on for oh i don't know i feel like i've had a complicated relationship with food in my body for like a good many years so it it happened even before i went to calcitoli i think yeah i think so too but it intensified yeah once you were there yeah i think so too (laughs) i'm all like roasting her (sighs) yeah my whole family was subjected to (laughs) what my uh new beliefs yeah her healthy eating her healthy eating ideas she was trying to save us from from ourselves Oh, yeah, I remember that period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you're not like that anymore. 
<laughs> me too <laughs> i mean it's kind of weird because like i kind of didn't mind it so much because i was in the little i was in a similar mind frame of like guilting myself hmm. for like oh she's right i should be eating better this, she's setting a good example and i think a lot of people feel like that especially like if you like to you know uh, view inspirational things and fitness inspiration is one of them and food falls into that category yeah but see it's like is that really inspiration though no it's not it's it, it, it it's tough because it's like healthy looks different for everybody it does very, very that's true. why that's why yeah. it's tricky because it's like it, look if you got some if you are happy and you're healthy keep doing that this is for the people who <laughs> who are sad and sick yeah <laughs> This is for I feel you. like that's every well not everyone but like the a people lot who of to people. This pod, well, Salvican sisters <laughs> for the sad and sick. <laughs> oh, no, maybe a dash of lonely. Oh God! Hey, we're in the pandemic. The people need friends. That's true. I want a friend. <laughs> yeah, making friends as adult is hard. It is hard. That's another podcast. Oh God, that's a whole another podcast. <laughs> I know. I'm just. I'm like. I'm still. I'm a young adult, so I'm experiencing that now oh making friends yeah oh and you're in a pandemic yeah and i'm like damn if only because i yeah you could I, sleep and never wake up dude that was me in middle school <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to the dark humor everyone yeah that's get with the vibes <laughs> yeah did we talk about that in another podcast how when we use humor we're it's usually because we're evading deflection yeah yeah deflecting <laughs> yeah too bad you can't put that on your resume yeah it's an art and a skill people mm-hmm. it's called survival <laughs> yeah let me tell you <sighs> yeah food is a. Uh, we didn't even get to like you know the parts of how people enter the food industry who are the people that most offer most often enter into the industry right mm-hmm. they're usually black and brown people or mm-hmm. immigrants and they do that out of necessity and because it's accessible to if you're yeah. attempting to make money for yourself to do that right why not and then a dish is celebrated and and it's like usually a lot of those dishes uh, are celebrated especially here in america right are like dishes that it came out of necessity of survival yeah for them and they might not necessarily represent you know what it has like american ingredients you don't know, influences from other countries in that dish right and it might not be quote-unquote like healthy mm-hmm. but there's a much deeper reason to why that dish exists yep there's so much context to it Mm-hmm. so much what's one thing that we see growing up that was like struggle meal oh yeah the beans and rice oh yeah beans and rice i think that's pretty classic you know you know what wait i want to you know what mommy told me one time is that she all all the meals are struggle meals because she was referencing like salvadorian food oh yeah and she was like all those meals are struggle meals i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) because i showed her a video about somebody making like a quote-unquote a struggle meal oh and she was like what are you talking about all the all our food is struggle meal like (laughs) yeah sorry i didn't mean to get off track yet. no you're not going off track this is part of it one thing we used to eat growing up uh yeah like a like a oh brown sugar sugar would, and butter sugar and, and bread yeah I just i was thinking about that i wrote a poem about it that's how much it was a struggle meal. <laughs> but yeah. it was so good it was so good white bread was the best yeah yeah which we didn't have that often no we did not have that often but when we did we would go in with butter and sugar we would mm-hmm. melt. We would toast the bread, melt the butter on the bread, and then put sugar on it. That was a uh, developed by our dad. Yeah, yeah. I'm a post. I'm a shout post out that to poem. my puppy. What? What's up? I'm a post that poem. Yeah, it's a good poem. It's but it's wait. I haven't even read it. Yeah, we haven't read a lot of her stuff. I know, and I just told you it was a good poem. Well, <laughs> did you hear that? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's a good poem. <laughs> Listen, guys, I need friends. I'll encourage the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah our dad used to make it and it was about him making it for us too oh another struggle meal is hot dogs with 
Hey. Cheese? Hot oh. dogs with cheese? Oh, yeah. We would put like a slice of cheese on the hot dog. Right? Yeah. I don't remember that. I remember the hot, the cheese in the hot dog. Spaghettios or ravioli. Oh, yeah. The Spaghettios, Chef Boyardee. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's I remember like our American stuff. Yeah, we had American stuff, like American canned stuff or like processed, like processed with maruchan. Yeah. The the cup noodle. Oh, yeah. Cup I noodle. literally would walk to school in high school and eat a chicken cup, chicken soup cup noodle with tapatio and lime. Yeah. Every morning. That's the only way you can eat it. I don't know how other people eat it, but that's the only way you can eat it. Yeah. So that's how I would eat it. And I really like the chicken and shrimp, chicken or shrimp flavor. I didn't, I didn't really like the beef that much. It's, yeah. But yeah, that's what I would eat in high school, walking to school every morning. It's funny you say that because for me in high school, it was shin ramen, not. Oh, dude, you got the, that was bougie stuff. Yeah, that's, that's true because we had the. Guys, the best so far from what I've experienced. I think the best cup noodle is shin ramen, shin ramen. Is that I how you pronounce it? Shin ramyun? I don't know. But, um... Yeah, it's like in a red cup. Red cup and it's like... It's in a red bowl. Oh, it is in a cup. Yeah, they have a cup version and they have a bowl version. They, all, oh. they also have a version that's in a packet, kind of like Top Ramen. Mm. But, yeah, that's like pretty pretty good that's stuff. That's $1.99 instead of Yeah, $1. it's pretty expensive. $1.99 yeah, for, for that. packet for processed food. Yeah, and and, sh- and so you know, people, that, that has a lot of sodium, very, very high in sodium, heavily processed, and also delicious. Yeah, it's the best <laughs> it's thing delicious. ever. It's delicious. I love the, it. It's the comfort food. Yeah. I used to eat it after cross country. I used to eat it every day. Remember that, Jessica, when I see Shin Ramen every day after high school? You do, do you eat that's like all you eat is ramen. I know. Jessica. I don't be surprised if we cut her and then she's made a ramen. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a cake? No, I'm noodles. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly cooked egg. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what did you eat in high school? Like, did you eat at all? Like going to school? Uh I would eat a cup of noodle every morning walking to school. In middle school I'd always usually eat the school lunch. Mm-hmm. Because I was hungry. Like breakfast or at lunch? Uh, I don't... I know for sure. Actually, no. I don't know. I had a weird relationship with eating when I was in middle school and high school. Because I think high school, I would eat the school lunch or the school breakfast because usually it's like sugary. Like Uh it was milk i could get chocolate milk and uh, something sweet. Yeah, like French toast sticks. Yeah, so I'd eat it. Yeah. Um, and then at lunch, I wouldn't eat every lunch meal, but I would eat, I would eat lunch sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the times when it was more food than like something that was like pizza, like the pizzas were, I didn't like the pizza. Yeah. They had this one where it was cheeseburgers, but they were in like a pouch. Oh yeah. And they were hot. Yeah. If I was hungry, I would eat it, but I would only eat like the middle of it because the outside like the it wrap, was so it was nasty but i was you. hungry so what am i gonna eat no i get that but yeah it was pretty gross yeah if do you, you guys remember that i didn't eat the oh. in high school i didn't i didn't have reduced lunch so i, didn't I just lunch. it just trips me out so much i'm like i remember that like opening up like my cheeseburgers like it was a pack of bag of chips like doesn't that blow your mind yeah like I'm opening up this little bag Should of like cheeseburgers. cheeseburgers. Yeah, yeah. I wish ugh, that's not like a project I wish I could work on. If I worked for an agency that worked on food and improving school lunches, access to school lunches, yeah. or getting like actual food. Yeah, yeah. Different options, more broader, broader options. I would always eat choco, the choco taco ice cream though in middle oh. school. Oh, the yeah. ice, from the ice cream truck? No, they would sell. Yeah, that. I wonder if that's still a thing. Choco taco? No, like the uh, snack bars. No, because don't you remember Michelle Obama? She got rid of it. Oh, she did. Yeah, she does. I was not. I wasn't in school when she was in. I was in school. A lot of kids. The well, the kids who parents who gave them lunch money, they were like fuss about it because there was no more vending machines. Uh, they were pissed. Yeah, they're like, "What the hell? I got. How to am eat. I gonna get my whatever they Gatorade? Yeah." <laughs> And Fritos. Yeah, what am I going to eat for lunch now? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which brings in a whole other topic, right? Like how marketing 
for food or food marketing is especially when we were growing up was so targeted towards Heck yeah, kids. the kids. You weren't a cool kid if you didn't eat this or that. Or lunch. Yeah, if you don't have Lunchables. Oh my God, Lunchables. Yeah, I was not part of that wave at all. Yeah, I never afford that. Or Capri Suns or Fruit Roll-Ups. Oh my God, we could not afford that. Gushers. Yeah. Couldn't afford that. I'm yeah. so jealous. Yeah. Like, I could not get that for fruit, the longest the time. The Fruit Roll-Ups. Mm-hmm. Like all these other little like snacks. Artificial flavoring, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like we we didn't have that growing up. I don't know if it's because we didn't have enough money for that or if it was because mommy just didn't buy it because she was like, what the hell is this? Yeah, I think both. I think it, yeah, I think it was both. I think it's a combination of both. Yeah, because mommy would buy us pandusa, but she wouldn't buy us like any other stuff like that. Yeah, mommy tried to not feed us a lot of uh, sugar, sugary things. I think that goes in, that's another thing. I read this one article about something about how your mom's relationship to her food is how you have your own relationship to food. Well, we eat good. Yeah. I will tell you that. My mom is an excellent cook. Yeah, she spends all her days just cooking for us. She deserves the world. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, literally, she cooks for us like every day, especially during this pandemic. Mm -hmm. Food. So delicious. It is so good. But yeah, I think I don't think mommy, you know what mommy told me? She told me that when she first came to the States um, and then when she was picked up by border, I don't know, somebody picked right when she got caught at the border some man was questioning her and in order to talk to her, he bought her a Snickers bar. Oh, yeah. She, she, she said, told you that yeah, and she, she said she like didn't it. like it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's probably why she doesn't, she wouldn't buy us stuff like that because she'd be like, that stuff is nasty. What do you mean? I'm going to buy that for my yeah. kid. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. Ugh, I can't imagine being from El Salvador and having like all the, all that at, no, yeah, just all at once. I think Bami even said that she was like about the doors, like how some of the doors were like electronic oh really yeah oh and it would weird her out yeah oh. i think she i remember her saying something like that too oh i don't remember that and this conversation reminds me about how first generation immigrants usually have um a pretty healthy life and that they don't you know get chronic disease or other complicated health related complications because they're eating foods from their country like they dance you know they're where they grew up like they're eating they're just eating the foods around them and they're okay but then once the generations become assimilated in america then chronic diseases start to make its way i don't think food is the sole contributor to chronic diseases developing as the generations begin to assimilate in america i think there's a lot of other factors but I mean, there's a whole lot of more processed foods here in America, you know, yeah. than in like other countries. But now maybe that's changed. We're becoming more globalized. Like Mexico has a higher diabetes rate than we do. Yeah, I, I, I'm not trying to. How do I say this? It's not. Uh, I get where. When, you know, we celebrate thinness, right? Or now, what do we celebrate in terms of body type? Like a big ass... Slim thick. Yeah. Which, that's like a whole other conversation, right? Yeah. Because women of color have had those bodies. (laughs) Yeah. Long before. And they were... You know, they're popular now. Yeah, that's messed up. And they only kind of became popular because... Oh, whiter looking people. Cultural appropriation. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you would do, but yeah. Anyways, whiter looking people began to have those bodies and then now they're popular. That's what's popular now. When we were growing up, it was very much thin. Like, yeah, you didn't have an ass and you didn't really have boobs. Like it was just thinness, right? Mm hmm. Like model, like what models were, right? So yeah, the thin. yeah the fashion models seem to be very, very thin. But whenever there's a certain standard set, right? Like it, then makes the opposite of that look down upon. 
but it's like it's i feel like we don't recognize as a society right like or maybe people do but societally we don't recognize maybe the consequences of doing that mm-hmm. of how when we celebrate this one thing what are the impacts of not celebrating the the opposite of it mm-hmm. and what are what are the effects of that a whole dynamic across everyone because then now you have people feeling like no matter how they look like thin or fat or all in between none of them feel good about themselves yeah you know i was gonna go somewhere with that (laughs) and it's gone but in breaking news angelica just left to go to the bathroom because i think she couldn't trust that fart so she She had to go wipe. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> don't edit this out. Maybe you could hear it. I don't know. Who knows? Mm, yeah, she's coming back now. Oh, Raja's in here. Hey, Raja. <laughs> okay, maybe. <laughs> yeah, he just hit his head. Raja's a dog. <laughs> no, he's our ghost friend. <laughs> They're crazy. Oh yeah, that's where I was gonna go with that point. Um. Yeah, I've had people tell me now. Yeah. Uh, that I'm fat. How does that feel for you now? Because I don't think so. Why would someone wait? Who who would be telling you that? It doesn't matter. Okay. My previous point though was I was just trying to say how, um, of course the impacts of you know how we celebrate thinness versus fatness is more more harshly felt among people that are fat uh, or bigger bodied right like yeah there's no doubt about that yeah. no doubt um i'm just trying to highlight how damn like yeah no one's happy you know yeah. when when people tell me that i'm fat like that definitely sucks i don't think i'm at a point yet where i'm like fully comfortable in my body but I'm definitely a lot more secure than I have been ever in my life. Mm-hmm. So it kind of stung a little bit. The good thing was I was aware that it stung. And that uh, I knew that I didn't think being bigger was bad. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, because they were comparing to how you have been. before. Because yeah. then after that, they said their comment was, oh, but you still look good. I see. So, yeah, I've grown a lot since I've grown a lot. So it did suck to hear that. But at the same time, uh, I'm just proud of myself from all the growth I'm doing. That is good. I'm proud of you, too. But yeah, it's like fucked up, right? You know, like I'm not even fat. No, and you're not even. That's the crazy part. I know. And uh, imagine if like people hearing that and they're not in a place of where it puts that. Yeah. yeah. Like where they go Mm -hmm. with that. Yep. Oh my gosh. It can spiral into so many harmful things that we don't wish on anybody. Yeah. Especially people of color. Because I feel like the stigma is still alive. Oh heck yeah. Oh yeah. It's so it's just like a double alive. stigma of like uh the things we carry. It's jacked up. I don't really have anything else to share to you guys. How do we close this? Oh, wait. We didn't even share, like, about sharing about food, like, resources. Oh, should we do you want to share that? Yeah, I do. I would like to share, like, for the pandemic. Like, I think it's, I think it's really sad that there's people who struggle with their basic needs, especially during this time. And I think it's important to provide resources for these people to help to help them to find those resources we'll make a blog post yeah that's going to be dedicated to you know all the different links that we find we're taking a local focus yes and we'll incorporate you know state or national resources that i mean are accessible that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we really want to stay locally focused. We are valley people. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
which is another post that or i think another podcast will dedicate to about the indigenous lands that we reside on yep and that still exist here yes yes mucho important so look out for our blog posts we want to make sure that people get connected to resources that could help them especially during this time adios bye people take care make yourself some something nice <laughs> chicken soup <laughs> no today we ate hot dogs and no hot links hot links bacon and avocado and salsa and it was mexican really good. hot dogs mexican o- hot dogs. O to the dodger dog if anyone's been to la there's the la dog oh my god and they've put like bacon or peppers Everything. and a hot dog like yeah that's what we had on a spongebob quote it's bad for you wait no what was it you know what i'm talking about guys no i don't it's where he's talking to squidward and he's like it's good for the soul <laughs> yeah you know what i always say eat healthy still get fat live it up people <laughs> <laughs> anyways take care bye